God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And a lot has happened over the last 24 hours. It's kind of strange, the crazy world that we're living in. Um, We're living in a banana republic, so naturally you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff happening all at once because it's just chaos. We don't, we're not a, we're not a, country with a government that's protecting its citizens we're seeing endless amounts of crime you know the democrats have managed to prevail with those crazy cockamamie schemes that we used to think were just pipe dreams and radical left-wing um nut nutty ideas whether it's trans storytelling in our schools or open borders, which remember Hillary Clinton in 2015, she gave a uh, paid speech to Morgan Stanley, and she was talking about open borders, and it was on like a hot, like a hidden mic, and she denied it. No, 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 that 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 didn't happen. That wasn't really what I meant to say. You took it out of the context. Ran from the for the hills on that idea, and then. You got Elizabeth Warren and a whole bunch of other creepy people um, talking about defunding the police. And you're like, okay, then what do you do? I mean, you're back to the Wild West, Dodge City, Gunsmoke, the Wild West. I mean, the idea is these were crazy ideas when they were launched. And defund the police and open borders and cash bail and transgender storytelling is the world that we're living in now. And the party in charge of election fraud is the party in charge of these radical ideas. And so therefore they gain power, they control the guns, the police, and the speech. 
And they've cooperated with global entities, corporate money, BlackRock type of companies, and WEF type of NGOs. Together, they're ruling the world in a very tyrannical way. They're evil. And evil right now is prevailing. And Trump takes a wrecking ball to their plans. And they don't want another piece of Trump. So what do you have? You have all these indictments of Trump. You have um, this latest state, Illinois, is the latest state. You got Colorado and Maine. Some, you know, some wackadoodle liberals that have decided that Trump committed an insurrection even though he was never charged, let alone convicted, of insurrection. But nevertheless, they cite insurrection and decide that he can no longer be on the ballot. 2.5 million people voted for Trump in Illinois. And 2.5 million people are being disenfranchised right now by their ruling. The people that want to vote for Trump in Illinois can't no can no longer have a choice. So of course this case is going to be taken up by the Supreme Court. I thought that the ruling on that would have been February, but uh you know, we got a leap year this year. Who knows? Maybe we got an extra day. Today's the day, the 29th of February. A leap year. Leap day or whatever they call that. But it's absolutely crazy. So, of course, the Supreme Court's going to take this up. And the Supreme Court's also going to take up um, Jack Smith's uh, immunity case. Now, Jack Smith did the unprecedented thing of going to the Supreme Court and talking about how they should never appeal this. But they appealed it nevertheless. And the Democrats are really upset that Trump might have some chance at a fair trial. So it delays the case. It delays the case up until April. They're going to do it in April now, this immunity, presidential immunity clause. But the idea behind all this is that it's going to push the election right into the middle, which is exactly what the goal was for the liberals is election interference. You got Fannie Willis and Nate Wade lying through their teeth. You got that court case going on. All to get Trump, by the way. They're all out to get Trump. And they're violating, breaking laws, changing uh, precedents, pulling out obscure laws from the 1800s to try to get Trump. And... You know who is truly to blame for this? All the liberals that you know in your community, all those liberals, all those Democrats that are turning a blind eye to this banana republic justice system and Joe Biden's incompetence. You know, they wanted to uh, give him a cognitive test. They said every day he goes to work, it's a cognitive test. He doesn't need a test. So now everybody's speculating. Of course, 
He's not taking the test because he can't pass the test. And meanwhile, Hunter Biden was on Capitol Hill and lying through his teeth because everything he said countered what was being said by every other witness who doesn't even have a dog in the hunt. So, you know, and it's obvious that there's no other better explanation. His his only explanation explanation for being on every board is that he had a good resume. He was qualified to be on the boards. Now, Maria Bartiroman made a good point, and she said, well, you know, yeah, he got on a lot of boards because he was the senator's son, a vice president's son. And you say, well, that there's no crime in that. It's not illegal. There's a lot of privileged people. Just look at Chelsea Clinton, for example. There's a lot of privileged people that get a lot of privileged perks in life. You want to call that white privilege, you can. But um, no, no you, you, you have a lot of privilege being associated with an elite family. You know, I mean, if you're president of the United States, you're pretty much elite. So if you're a, a child of those powerful people, you're more than likely going to do okay in life. You're going to get bailed out when others don't. You're going to get allowances that other people don't get. And you're going to get job opportunities that people don't get. And there's nothing illegal about that. True. Grant you that. But what, what's going on here is they got those little crumb checks, 200000 and 40000 that were direct payments to Joe Biden. He should have never taken those. But he did. And, you know, no one ever said the Bidens weren't stupid. But they sold out America. And there are a lot of crimes that Hunter violated on his own that don't have any implication to Joe. But then there's a truckload of, uh, you know, what they were selling. You know, the whole product was, was, so the whole work product was Joe Biden's favoritism. And if you look at American policy right now with China or open borders or Middle East policy, it's all been terrible for the United States and great for our adversaries. The whole Russia conflict, great for Russia. Russia's making a mint. They're richer than Midas right now. They they have a GDP that's now surpassed France and Germany. They're bigger than Midas, thanks to Joe Biden. So these people that say Putin bad, Russian bad, are the only ones helping Russia. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. They know exactly what they're doing. If they cared about America, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. If they hated Russia truly and didn't want to exploit the hell out of them, I mean, the fact is, is that we've been putting assets along the Ukrainian-Russian border on the Ukraine side for far too long, expanding NATO for far too long. You know, we are paying something like $855 billion to Ukraine toward their $1.3 trillion nest egg, their, their and revenue, their donations. 
That's a redistribution of wealth from the middle class to the super elite at NATO. They just bought like a $55 billion building. It's unbelievable, right? About 10 years, eight years ago. And it's brand new. It's beautiful. It's state of the art. But they're, they're living in the lap of luxury. And all the money that we're donating to NATO, it's sort of like when you invest in money into the military, our woke military, our tranny, transvestite-infested military. Um, what you end up with is you end up with a lot of military-industrial complex corporations, partly owned by BlackRock, that are benefiting from this. Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, a whole bunch of companies that Boeing, you know, they all benefit from these military contracts. Not just not just weapons, um, cloud-based stuff, artificial intelligence, bioweapons, NIH to eco-alliance. We've learned about that. There's a lot of people getting rich off of these military budgets. NATO is no exception. NATO is no different than when we give money to Ukraine with strings attached and they have to do business with Washington inside the Beltway lobby groups that take that money and buy lobbyists that influence and peddle and coerce and strong arm politicians into doing what they want them to do. So the money goes to Ukraine or the money goes to NATO and then all of a sudden, the Atlantic Council, which has a whole bunch of CIA spooks and State Department spooks in, inside the Atlantic Council, setting all kinds of global agenda and policy, but it's strictly liberal-minded and strictly uh, Democrat-oriented. It's, there's nothing conservative about it. And they get... They do exactly what the World Economic Forum is doing. They're influencing policy by hobnobbing with politicians and getting jobs inside the Beltway, like someone like a um, Jake Sullivan or a Michael Carpenter, you know, gets on uh, committees and, and boards and working groups within the Atlantic Council or the Brookings Institution or the Carlisle Group. Or the West Exec, Anthony Blinken's group. And these are all organizations that get a truckload of money through these government spending programs, whether it's NATO or Ukraine. And they are the strings that are attached to those don't, those uh, grants. And they end up getting the money and they end up then having enough power to influence the Washington politicians. They're not getting it through donations. There's no one donating to these organizations. They're not out hustling other groups. It's an unfair tactic where conservative tax dollars, along with liberal tax dollars that are being spent to trillions of dollars of revenue coming into the United States government, are going out to foreign entities, laundered, with strings attached and financing these inside the Beltway organizations that are then manipulating and influencing 
not only American politicians, but also um, global leaders and also the media. Because through their network of corporations and corporate donorship, you know, setting the agenda and policy, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The corporations get what they want in, uh, to set an unfair playing field. And in turn, they promise to buy advertising through these media companies. We, we learned all this in part because of Trump, but also probably in part because of the proliferation of information that's turned itself upside down and inside out against conservative viewpoints. The only thing we have going for us right now that we're, we're able to hang, hang on to right now is Twitter, which allows people to express themselves because you got this guy, Elon Musk, that even though he's in bed with the globalists through a green initiative that pro- allows him to prosper through Tesla, and even though he's also a pioneer when it comes to artificial intelligence and, um, and the, the Neuralink program and Gronk, Grok over at Twitter, the, his AI engine, um, and even though he has a space program that's connected with the government in a big way and the military, he believes in free speech. So he is heavily conflicted. And there's a lot of leverage going on against Elon Musk right now. But it's, it's, it's very, very interesting that he has uh, put paramount uh, this free speech platform called X. All right, so we're going to get to some audio clips. Uh, You know, as we mentioned, Hunter Biden, uh, this is what Nancy Mace had to say early on during the uh, deposition. And we'll take a listen. Hey, how are y'all? We said we weren't going to do this, but since the left came to the microphone in the middle of the deposition, that I'm going to do the same thing this morning. The two things I'm going to say this morning so far in the first hour is that Hunter Biden is being defiant and also dishonest. And his testimony, some of it, is in direct conflict with other witnesses. And so the transcripts will be out. I won't go into detail. You'll be able to see it for yourself. But um, it's no surprise. It's no shock. Uh, that he is being that way, and in some cases he doesn't recall. He said that multiple times this morning, which, again, is not a shocker either. But um, defiant and dishonest would be the way that I would describe his testimony so far in the first hour. Is he pleading the No, he's not done that yet, but I would tell you that his testimony is in direct conflict with other witnesses that so far the Oversight Committee has interviewed. Which witnesses are they? Uh, you'll read the transcript. I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah, so he, he's in direct conflict with everybody else. So obviously he's lying. So this, this could go to, to court real quick. Um, he was doing business with um, Joe Biden, and Joe Biden was peddling and doing these things. Matt Gates made it very, very clear. Let's take a listen say that there were a number of interesting moments, but perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression 
I, I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> what a hero. Thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. Has he so. taken the fifth at all? No. He's, Has, answer, he's, he's, he's been responsive to questions. Has yes. he told you exactly what value he brought to any of these wars, any of these companies yet? Have you guys asked him that? Yeah, we've asked those questions, and there is, there is an illusory value. It is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was uh, a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less. Can we just quickly ask you? Do you still feel the impeachment inquiry is heading in the direction where you actually be able to vote on articles of impeachment? Well, here we're asking questions about these corrupt business practices. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not really framing that through the lens of next steps. I'm just trying to get the facts. I, I, uh, I, I have to say, I thought it was a pretty strange. I thought it was a pretty strange uh, statement. Either perhaps it jumps off the page when he says it in his own words. Do you think the, has he said anything that would specifically implicate the president? Have you seen evidence that the president was involved in those business dealings? I believe that you can actually bribe someone by paying their family members. This is important right here. Listen to this again. This first time I've heard this said, but this is a hundred percent true. Page when he says it in his own words. Right here, listen. I believe that you can actually bribe someone by paying their family members. Like, I don't get this construct that unless Joe Biden himself received cash, that he somehow wasn't involved in the bribery operation. Joe Biden was doing the bidding of Burisma. He was doing the bidding of Chinese communists, and his family was getting enriched as a consequence. To me, that's a pretty strong case for bribery. And there was a lot of uh, scenarios where he was picking up the mortgage, paying like the the uh, the mortgage on something. Um, he was doing a lot of stuff. Uh, by the way, just nothing for nothing, but Mitch McConnell resigned yesterday, so he'll be out as effective uh, November. So that's kind of a cool thing. Cocaine Mitch is out. All the McRhinos are done. You got McCarthy, gone. You got McDaniel, gone. And now you got McConnell, gone. The McRhinos are gone. But one of the replacements that they're talking about is uh, Basso um, and, uh, and then Thune and Cornyn. Now, some people are talking about Cotton, which would be the best of those four. Um but I would rather see a Josh Hawley or someone like that. There's very few senators, really, uh, that are uh, that are worth their weight in salt. But Mitch McConnell is done. Gave a very uh, odd speech, full of himself. Let's take a listen to this uh, exchange. Um, this is a couple of the dissenters. So if you read between the lines there, you know, for a long time, Republicans have tried to convince us that Joe Biden himself was being personally enriched by his son's business dealings and his brother's business dealings. The scant amount of evidence that they've provided, there has been explanations for $200,000 check that 
Biden's associates say was just part of an interest-free loan that he eventually paid back. Uh, so the idea now that, well, if he's around other people being enriched, that that indicates a bribery scam, well, that would be very difficult to prove in a court of law, Katie. And I do get the sense that there are moderate Republicans who also believe that it doesn't rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors, which would warrant... Okay. Okay. That's okay. actually a good so, analysis. Steve. Congressman Gates, that, that is yeah, let me, let punch but that. hang on, but 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 no, but but hang on. You just said money laundering operation, everything, baby. I think we can win this. Not just impeaching. I think you can win the trial in the Senate, sir. It will never get that far because here's what Ryan Nobles is right about in that report that he gives. For dozens of moderate Republicans, they will only vote to impeach if they see money going directly to Joe enriching Joe. Now, I believe that a bribe can exist in the absence of a direct payment to a person, but instead to a family member. And that's not something I've pulled out of thin air. If you look at the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, there's literally sections of federal law that deal with the illegality of paying people's family members in order to influence them in foreign positions of government, right? So take, for example, you, Steve. If I wanted to bribe you, you're a 70-year-old man, you have probably as much cash as you need. And so I would go and buy Maureen a new house, a new car, jewelry. Uh, I'd give her a fake no-show job. And if someone did something to enrich your daughter, who you're connected to, and love deeply, then they could probably, you know, have a greater opportunity to influence you than if they just paid you the cash directly. Because, and so that is how the law is shaped in the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And it's how I certainly see the Biden money laundering operation. But while I'm glad you played that clip for your audience, because they should know that Nobles is right. There are dozens of Republicans who will not vote to impeach based on the evidence we currently have. I would, because I still think it's a bribe. But uh, if you believe that some successful impeachment is emerging out of the House and then resulting in a trial in the Senate, then maybe you and Hunter Biden were in the same peyote den. So you see that? So that there it is right there. That, in a nutshell, is the reality of things. Well, um, one other thing about the uh, Tuesday election, and then we have the Super Tuesday coming up next week, um, is it come, turns out that Joe Biden lost Dearborn, uh, Michigan. They call it Dearbornistan by 50 points. It's a Muslim community. Let's take a listen to... John King from CNN. This is what Joe Biden received. Again, forgive me, 1,141 votes. Dean Phillips, 54 votes. An uncommitted, make sure I get this right, 3,703 votes. So that's a wow. If you look at it this way, this is 23%. And this is 75%. Um, and so this is just the city of Dearborn, but that is where the biggest pocket of the Muslim American, the Arab American population. This is a place President Biden carried big time. In- so, so watch, based on that, watch for Joe Biden to change his Middle East policy uh, with regard to Hamas. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see that happen. Oh, today's the day that they're going to go, uh, Biden's going to go to Brownsville, Texas, and Trump is going to be in Eagle Pass, Texas. Michigan shows Biden 
has much bigger problems to overcome than Trump. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Michigan did show that. All right, here's a couple of clips down memory lane. Here, let's take a listen to this. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. How many times have you ever spoken? And he's just such a liar, right? I mean, he, obviously he lied. But uh, let's take a listen to more of that. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses. President Biden met with at least 14 of Hunter's business associates while he was vice president. Then Vice President Joe Biden had dinner with his son Hunter along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia, and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50 percent of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. And uh, Hunter introduced me as, uh, this is Tony, Dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, At the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. Ten held by Hunter for the big guy. I 1,000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires. At the same time, Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. His closest business partner, Hunter, has made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. There's photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty powerful, right? That's uh, put out by the... uh, let's see, txtgop.co. Yeah. Um, wow. Pretty powerful. All right. I want I want you to listen to uh, this part here. This is from Maria this morning. Uh, let's take a listen. 
hour, the Supreme Court will consider former President Trump's claim that he has presidential immunity uh, in his criminal election interference case. The Supreme Court is fast-tracking this appeal and will begin hearing arguments on April 22nd. The former president posted on Truth Social this, without presidential immunity, a president will not be able to properly function or make decisions in the best interest of the United States of America. Mike Baker, your reaction. Uh, you know what? This, I think, was expected, right? There's not a real surprise in the sense that they're going to look at this. But the, the, the Democrats have already achieved, in a sense, what they wanted, which is they've lined up a series of, of court actions against Trump that will carry them through to the November election. That's all they want. They want this drumbeat going on. I don't know that they actually care what the end result is. They want the noise. That's a good point, actually. You're right. And there's a, there's a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of it. What, what That's Mike Baker who made that point. What does this mean in terms of the timing of all of these cases and whether or not President Trump uh, goes to trial? Well, if they, if they do the review in April, as they're talking about, in the latter part of April, I, I think the trial will occur before the election, uh, but it could be going on during the course of the actual election. Wow. I mean, think about what that means yeah. right, for the country. This is, we were talking about this earlier. This is, this is likely going to be the ugliest uh, election cycle in the history of the United States. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that conversation, uh, that was just amazing uh, commentary right there by my, uh, Mike Baker. Um, all right. As I was saying, uh, read NATO defense spending 2023 received $1.3 trillion, $860 billion of it came from the United States. The rest, all the other European countries. So NATO defense spending, NATO, that's how big they've gotten. I said this, I said, redistribution of wealth from U.S. middle-class taxpayers to wealthy elites, particularly in this case at NATO, who provoke money laundering wars against Russia that allow them to redirect funds back to left-wing NGOs who finance liberal political campaigns and policies that advance the scourge of globalism. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel right there. It's globalism. Yeah, here's a good example. Julian Assange right here. Goal is to use Afghanistan to wash money out of the tax bases of the United States, out of the tax bases of European countries, through Afghanistan and back into the hands of a transnational security elite. That is the goal, i.e. the goal is to have an endless war, not a successful war. Goal That's it. So he was saying that many, many years ago. You know, I was watching this series. Um, it's called Expats, and it looks, it's, it's actually pretty good. I, I recommend it. Expats. Well, uh, one of the things was Nicole Kidman's character sort of has this anti Christian, anti God bent on her character. And I actually, you know, don't know anything about Nicole Kidman, but. It seems like, you know, she's knee-deep in the Hollywood sphere and things like that. And I started to see this trend of, you know, this attack on Christianity in movies and series, just like they push trans and, and gay stuff and, and they, they, they push this agenda. 
they're also now coming out with like this anti-Christian agenda, like overt, overtly. It's no longer even subtle. So it got me to thinking because I just saw the same time that I was witnessing that, I was witnessing Taylor Swift shake her head no when someone in the uh, that was speaking thanked God for their career and their success. Like right here. And Taylor Swift just shakes her head, no. And they they caught her on tape doing that. No. No, don't thank God, she said. She basically said, you know, you worked hard for that. God had nothing to do with it, is what she was basically saying. She's just in the crowd. She didn't know she was even being videotaped. This is the thing. She wasn't on stage when this happened. She was in the audience. And all of her set designs are satanic. Satanism. And I'm telling you, there's something weird going on there. That this attack on Christianity isn't just about bigger government and trying to turn America into a secular society and replacing God with government. It's not just that. There's something more to it. I can't really put my full finger on it, right? I don't have it all wrapped up in my head yet. But there is a satanic thing going on. And I used to think that a lot of that was more conspiratorial. You know, Abramovich, um, the, the global, the Rothschild Society, and all the, the you know, the all the things that were going on with um, blood and and cannibalism and <laughs> all these things that you see or hear about, Pizzagate, all those things, you think they can't possibly be true. But then you, you take a look at that movie, um, uh, the one about human trafficking, I'm drawing a blank on the name, and you start to realize, wow, there's some really sick networks. And not just sick people, but like sick networks of people and so for for someone like taylor swift to do that i mean this is be well beyond dixie chicks you know turning their back on conservative america that made them wealthy right it's it's beyond that this is this is one scary sick individual taylor swift and anybody that's sending their kids to a taylor swift concert needs to rethink it all right so tucker carlson explains how in the final hours of the Trump presidency, Mitch McConnell, who just resigned, threatened Donald Trump with a conviction on impeachment if he were to pardon Julian Assange. Take a listen. Night show and on previous shows, we've told you about the cases of two men, Julian Assange and John Karakou. Julian Assange is a kind of international journalist. John Karakou is a former CIA officer. We should be totally blunt and tell you we're not sure we share the politics of either man. But both of their cases tell you something really important about what's going on in this country, about what matters, and about what the people in charge would like to prevent you from doing. Julian Assange and John Karakou both went to jail for telling the truth. 
Neither one stole classified documents from the U.S. government. Neither one of them hacked into anything. Julian Assange told you a lot about what the U.S. government was doing abroad and told you everything about what the DNC was doing to rig its own primaries back in 2016. Remember the WikiLeaks dump? You know about that because of Julian Assange. And by the way, if you're a Bernie Sanders voter, assuming any of those watching tonight, you probably were glad to know that. Everyone else was lying to you. Julian Assange brought you information that you had a right to know. John Karakou, meanwhile, told the truth about what our military and our intel agencies were doing during the Iraq war. Again, you may not agree with his position, but what he said was true. And that matters above all because truth is and must be a defense. If you say something true, you shouldn't be punished because we should value truth above all. In both cases, those men went to prison. And in both cases tonight, as one of his final acts as president, Donald Trump has the opportunity to make that right, to pardon both of them. We told you that last night. We told you it before. We're hearing tonight that neither man, particularly Julian Assange, we don't know if this is true, is likely to get a pardon. Why? Well, apparently, because Republicans in the Senate, and by Republicans in the Senate, we mean Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, the leader of Republicans in the Senate, has sent word over to the White House, if you pardon Julian Assange, we are much more likely to convict you in an impeachment trial. Now, is it legal to hold that over a president's head? We're not lawyers. We don't know. It's certainly wrong. But more than that, it tells you everything about their priorities. At a time when this country in some ways is coming apart, we're at a pivot point in American history. And if you're watching this show, you probably feel pretty threatened, and for good reason. There are people on the other channels saying they're going to hunt you down like a terrorist. At that moment, what is Mitch McConnell, your designated defender in the United States Senate, worrying about? He's worrying about protecting the United States. Remember, Mitch McConnell uh, funded, you know, uh, Lisa Murkowski's campaign over a fellow Republican, MAGA Republican. She fun- and she funded, uh, she defunded um, Blake uh, Arizona congressman. He really uh, helped Arizona go south, you know, and helped the Democrats with that. He helped uh, Shapiro in Pennsylvania uh, in a roundabout way. Um, Mitch McConnell is a Republican in name only, and uh, and, a, and a real loser, a real corrupt politician, Mitch McConnell, and. Uh, Shame on Mitch McConnell. But I had said this regarding Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham was in a limo crying over how great Joe Biden was. He, Joe Biden's assault of the earth, while at the same time trashing Donald Trump on CNN. And Lindsey Graham now all of a sudden is, you know, Trump's best friend. Well, Lindsey Graham's a, a slime ball as well. But I believe that uh, when... Uh, when when they ended up taking back the house in 2018 and doing one impeachment after another and interfering in Trump's presidency in the worst of ways um that gave the rhinos in the senate whether it's Mitt Romney, Lindsey Graham or uh Mitch McConnell or C- Cornyn or you know all those uh, un, uh, Thune, all these holier-than-thou, self-righteous scumbags. Um, 
that called themselves Republicans, they were poised and ready. And so they gained all kinds of leverage thanks to the Democrats in the House. Issuing the impeachment, sending it over to the Senate for a hearing and a trial, and gaining all kinds of leverage and power over Trump. Ill-begotten, because all it was was a perfectly good phone call to Zelensky, who we now know is a very corrupt man, a a tyrannical leader who censors the media and uh, squashes his opponents while supporting Nazis in Ukraine. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on here. So, this is where we are, though. You know, we, we tend to learn these things too little too late. We learn these things five, seven years after the fact. And it does no good to, to, to have that sort of delay. But we should learn from our history and our mistakes Um, We should learn from that. So, there was another um, bit, and I just lost it. Um, I'm going to try to get it back. It was was another Tucker clip, and uh, I literally just closed closed the window on that. Um, But I think this is it right here. So, um... Well, let's see. I'm doing my best, folks. Well, I lost it, but I can always um, get it back. Okay, I'm going to play this other other audio clip here. Um, Well, no, I'm going to actually get into this story. So New York Governor Kathy Hochul is moving forward with her plan to hand illegal immigrants thousands of of the best jobs in the city. New York is even changing their laws to give illegals government jobs. They're dropping high school diploma and English proficiency requirements approved earlier this month. So let's take a listen to this real quick. Unbelievable what's happening in New York. Can you send some of the migrants up here? We need them. I hear this in every corner of the state. Governor Kathy Hochul's administration recently agreed to a proposal that could make it easier for migrants to get temporary jobs in state government. Approved earlier this month, the Civil Service Commission is working with agencies to implement the changes, which include dropping typical application requirements like proof of a high school diploma or proficiency in English. I have 10,000 openings in the New York State workforce from our operations to SUNY. I have 10,000 openings. So this is to give options for people, but to say we are working intensely to get work authorization applications. These are all legal people. The goal is to make it faster for migrants to get jobs once they get legal work authorization. Hochul is eyeing around 4,000 entry-level positions that are currently unfilled within state agencies. Those include clerical or administrative roles, technical support, equipment service and repair jobs, as well as those positions in food services. Those jobs won't be limited to just migrants, and officials are billing it as a win-win according to an internal memo obtained by New York One. I'm anxious to get this moving quickly, and once they're approved, we can match people to jobs. Uh, They don't need to be reliant on services any longer, which I think is the objective, to not have people supported by taxpayers in our shelters. It's part of an ongoing effort to inject new blood into a shrinking state workforce. Testifying before the state legislature on Tuesday, 
The head of the Civil Service Commission decried vacancies, saying they've already implemented temporary hiring measures on an emergency basis. Mayor Eric Adams also likes the new idea. I would love to use migrants and asylum seekers uh, to help with the lifeguard shortage. We've been successful um, uh, to get um, uh, almost 30,000 people to total application, including work authorization, asylum, and TPS. Uh, we want more. He says the key is to speed up the federal government's long process that greenlights work approval, especially for the nearly 67,000 individuals currently living in the city's care, which could help the state. Meanwhile, so these are low-skilled jobs that nobody wants to pay for, like these, you know, so they're going to pay them very little. They're going to be exploited as cheap labor, and nobody's going to want to work for such little money but these peasants, these people coming across uh, around the world and across, you know, out of prisons from Venezuela. And they're going to be the ones watching over your kids as lifeguards. <laughs> Think about that. That's just insane. That's highly dangerous, right? I mean, wouldn't you think? I would think so. But nevertheless, that's, that's, what, they, uh, that's what they have in mind. All right, here's the other Tucker Carlson um, piece. I, I believe this is it right here. Yeah, let's take a listen. ...environmental organization in the world, and you think the Green New Deal sounds terrifying. Tell us why. Well, because it would be basically the end of civilization if 85% of the world's and also 85% of the U.S.'s energy in the form of coal, oil, and natural gas were phased out over the next few years, like 10 years. We do not have anything to replace them with. Yes, if we went into a crash course of building nuclear reactors, we could replace them for producing electric. Actually, that clip I played yesterday. <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, here's a new clip uh, that I wanted to play. I, I like to always cover a little bit of the globalist agenda on this show. And uh, one of the things is that they're pushing, of course, is climate. So let's take a listen to this. I don't have opinions. I have facts. I have demonstrable facts. <laughs> these facts are validated and these facts are repeatable. Fact number one. No one has ever shown that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming never been shown. And if it could be shown, then you would have to show that the 97% of emissions, which are natural, do not drive global warming. Game over. We are dealing with a fraud. It's a scientific fraud from day one. We hear the propaganda that increases of the gas of life, a trace gas in the atmosphere, will bring a disaster and that we will have runaway global warming. Sorry, folks, we've known for 200 years from chemistry that it's the exact inverse. Now, I'm sure some of you tried this last night at the dinner with a champagne or a beer and you forgot to drink it and it warmed up and it kept bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And that is the inverse solubility of carbon dioxide. We've known that for 200 years. We see it from the ice cores. When we drill into ice 
We have chemical fingerprints that tell us what the temperature was, and we have little bits of trapped air. And we can show that when we had natural warming, some 650 to 6,000 years later, we had an increase in carbon dioxide. It's not carbon dioxide that drives temperature. It's the exact inverse. Another fraud. Yeah, that last bit is really important. Um, I've been saying that for a long time. And, and then you talk about the COVID uh, pandemic. Here's one of the pioneers, vice president of Pfizer, Dr. Mike Yedin. Listen to this. Thank you for joining us. And you are a former uh, vice, vice president, president of Pfizer. That's good. Could you just tell us very briefly about your position there? So I was, until 2011, for many years, I was responsible for worldwide research and early developments in their field of respiratory and allergy new medicines. That was it. 200 people indirectly across a couple of sites. So that gave you a real insight in, into what was happening in early 2020? There's not very many corners of this industry I've not had some knowledge of. And when I started noticing former colleagues of mine, including Sir Patrick Valance, saying things on the television that I knew weren't true and that I knew he knew weren't true, that's when the penny dropped for me, probably February 2020. I remember saying to my wife, this is not what, what they're saying it is, something's going on. And then when I saw not only my country locking down, but dozens of countries locking down at the same time, I would say to your listeners, that was proof, and it's still proof, of a supranational operation. There's no way it could have happened at the local level, at the country level. Uh, therefore, it must have occurred at the level above. Whether it was the WHO or the World Economic Forum or other, I don't know. But I'm convinced that action alone absolutely proves unequivocally that we didn't just get some virus drifting in and then, oh, we all panicked. They all did the same stupid, ineffective, known-not-to-work things at the same time, none of which were in their country's pandemic preparedness plans because I've read them all, right? So when I accuse these people of lying, I do it confident they're not going to sue me because I would say, come on, sue me. Um, I'd love to have discovery in courts. You will lose big time. And so they won't sue me. What they do is smear me and censor me, and I don't care anymore uh, because we're facing something much worse than, a, than a, an alleged virus. Uh, at the very least, the things people have been injected with, the, the injuries to people from these so-called vaccines, I'm afraid, I wish I could tell you that it was accidental, but it wasn't accidental. I've spent 32 years in rational drug design. I know and I knew and wrote it before any of them had emergency use authorization, that they were dangerous. And I'm afraid I'm convinced and would say, with my hand on the Bible in front of a court, a judge, that these, these injections have been made to injure people, to maim and kill, deliberately. Wow. We're dealing with pure evil, folks. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. This show is a big part of that proliferation of information and ideas and research and analysis. So if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free, then make a donation over at magapack.org. That'll help out. Use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there.